Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another Input Output Show. We're joined once again, as always, by your boy, the best dressed man on the show today. If you're watching on, on the YouTubes, on our videos, not amazing this week. You know, we had to get him on up out of here. Rex on Mac, joined by our co-host, Mr. Gaming Live and Mr. Less Dressed. Uh, how are y'all doing today? <laughs> I'm doing quite good today, man. Unfortunately, you know, I, my swag meter is, is kind of empty right now as, as compared to the other two guys. I guess I got to, you know, <laughs> go dip. Fact. I got to go dip off in the swag bag, you know, because I guess the swag make you act, act like Hollywood, you know. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back, man. Got some topic today to talk about. I'm going to head out to eat because I'm sure you got something to say, man. Uh, first thing that I'd like to say off the bat is that if you have to actually state that you're best dressed, you probably aren't, <laughs> just, uh, just to get that one out there. But I'm happy to be here, as always, for another episode of Input Output here with my two illustrious com comrades, Mr. Game and Lift and Rexon Max here today. I'm ready to get into these FGC topics. We've got a couple that I really have some opinions I'd love to express. So let's get right into it. You know, I, I like to state that I'm best dressed because I'm confident. You know, that's why you wear mm -hmm. shades because we look in your eyes and we can see you're not confident. So that's that's all there is. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah so, pumps you up, man. You gotta hype yourself up. I understand. Gotta go. Hey, man, on, you man. Know, you know who they came to see. You know who they came to hear. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, y'all know. But um, <laughs> so we can go ahead and get into these topics. This guy done turning the two face, man. He got the, the dual colored hat on, man. I think this Harvey Dent, man. <laughs> <laughs> You know what they used hey, to call man. me when we used to do input output? Sir! Rex on Two Face. Hey, man, but you know, when we get into the topics, you know, I, you know, I'll be in the background and stuff like that. You know, let the real man speak. We can but go ahead and get to be it. honest, I'd like to state you do, you do look good, man. You do look good. I appreciate it, man. You know, if we just shot this on a Tuesday or at least a Thursday, I could have said, you know, it's Taco Thursday from the tacos I have on my shirt, but. <laughs> You know, it's Friday, so I don't know any I don't know any dish that starts with an F that's similar to tacos, fajita, fajita Friday or something like that. There you go. <laughs> Why not? But, fajita uh, Friday. But we can go ahead and get into these topics, you know, you know that's what you guys came here for, not for us to spout off Mexican food. So I came up for the Mexican food first. actually. So what? I came for the Mexican food, actually. We're not doing that. Is that oh, I what think you're in the wrong place, sir. I think that's down the hall. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> we can go ahead and get into these first topics as Mr. E. Mason tries to go fill his face. So, is taunting necessarily something that should be... Is it... You know, what's the words you could say for... I wouldn't say professional, but is it good gaming etiquette? You know, to taunt in matches, you know, uh, for a while in the FGC, it's seen as, like, disrespectful. Some people care. Some people don't care. You know, some people like the hype in it. Some people are like, you're disrespecting me, run these hands for real. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it over to the panel. How do you guys feel about taunting and fighting games? You know, should it be a thing? Should it not be a thing? Give the floor to you, Mr. Gaming Lift. Taunting is one of those delicate topics. I, I guess I can use that term to describe it. It's been something that's been around for a while. I, I think that it's 
most prevalent with uh, first person shooters or any type of shooting game. It is shooting games and fighting games. You, the, the infamous, you know, Halo tea bags, all those different type of things. Like, I mean, it, it spreads to all type of games because people look creative. They find like the most creative ways to taunt you. Like just stuff that's not even meant to be a taunt. And they were like, this is now deemed as a taunt. So in fighting games, teabagging is taunts. You know, people do the, the fast teabagging. And there's some games that have like, you can't crouch fast. And I, I don't know if that's just like a gameplay thing that they do or a way to mitigate teabagging. Because some games you can crouch like super fast. And you know, you already know if somebody's doing it, they're usually teabagging. You know, even it's become like a thing now with combos. Like somebody shares tech or a combo on Twitter they teabag at the end it's like okay i don't necessarily know what that is does it have a purpose at the end of a tech or combo video but you know whatever my thing is i feel like it's a time and place for it you can talk sometimes maybe but but sometimes it's like you just have to like read the field you gotta read the room and be like okay let me let me not let me not turn here especially if like if you're in person or you're in like a high stakes match a tournament or something like that you can really throw people off, and it can be used as a good thing, like to throw your opponent off, or you feel like, well, if I taunt, you know, I know I'll, I'll get out of their skin, and it might not even necessarily be them taunting to, like, make fun of you or disrespect you. They just might be trying to do it as one of their tools of, like, the, the, the match. It's like, well, if I know if I taunt, I'm going to throw him off his game. And I think most times than not, most people get thrown off their match, off their game, like, man, this dude really taunting me? Like, you think, and if you taunt somebody, the first thing they're like, oh, you think you're that much better than me? And typically that makes people play worse. Or there could be some cases where it might make the person like power up. They might get angry, like, oh, you taught me? Watch what I got for you. So it's one of the things, it's 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 a it's a really weird dynamic. I feel like it's not a big problem if as long as it's done respectfully in a manner, like don't just, you know, be trying to be a total jerk about it and, you know, taunt people. Because sometimes it's just sometimes it's literally unnecessary. Just just play the match out, let it go. Don't because if you sometimes people do it and take it too far. You know, and then now, like Rexon just mentioned earlier, some people are like, they want to throw hands for real. They like, look, hey, man, all, all this time in the game, but these hands in real life. You know, you just have to kind of, you have to, like, understand that if you do partake in it, you got to understand what it could come with. If you're online, then it's like, it's whatever. You taunt somebody online, there's really no consequences because, I mean, unless you meet up with the person. I've had people taunt me online sometimes, and it's like, to me, it's like, oh, you taunt me? Okay, cool. And I I usually like kind of go the whole like power up route. I I, I start whooping them then then I I talk back just in like just for you know hey you telling me this is a, just a dose of your own medicine so you know it's nothing like malicious or anything like that but I'm like hey this is you telling me I came I bought the match back so here's my time back to you good brother yeah so I, I just feel like keep it respectful. Like I said, on the other hand, if you're in person and you taunt people, you just have to understand that there, there could be consequences that come with that. Some people do take things quite seriously. You taunt the wrong person and you you might not ever play a fighting game again. So it's just like one of those, you just have to, you have to understand the landscape. You have to understand the landscape, understand that there could be consequences with it, you know, depending on who you're playing. So, well, some people might not care, like, yeah, he's taunting, whatever. I'll just beat him. Doesn't matter. Your taunts don't. Your taunts don't move me. I'm I'm unmoved, you know. But some people are like, oh, you taught me. Okay, I'm gonna catch you outside. Like my, I'm gonna taunt you when you least expect it. So I don't think it's going anywhere in the FGC. It's it's gonna it's probably gonna be here for to the end of time. Just like shooting games, taunting is a thing. You know, people even at Apex, you you 
you win a like when people win in Apex, like at the end of the match it says champion, and there's a thing now that's become like people shoot your death box and they just teabag your death box. I'm like, does it matter? You won. Like you're teabagging basically what is a coffin. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like let's say that let's say somebody in real life died and you wouldn't teabag their, their, their coffin. Like, <laughs> what the equivalent is. This. You won the match. It says champion on your screen. Congratulations. And they shoot your box. They shoot your box and, and teabag them. Like, it's getting crazy out here, man. But I like I said, just keep respectful and, and understand that depending on the, the area and environment you're in, taunting could be more than just taunting. So y'all, y'all taunt responsibly out there, please. Back when I was a kid, me and my brothers used to avoid taunting each other at all costs. Because we always knew how the other the other two were going to react, and it was never good. We did not react favorably to people who taunted back in the day, and especially in games like Soul Calibur. And you know, the, if you've ever played Tekken, people like to key charge at the end of a round if they win the round and stuff. Is oh, he's taunted because not every character in Tekken has a has a taunt, so you got to resort to using the key charge as a placebo for the taunt. But we all know what it means when somebody does a key charge. You know, luckily for me, I play Miguel, so he has a taunt built into his character, so I don't have to key charge at the end of a match. But still, the the, the effect is the same. You're always, you, you're trying to kind of low key or high key flex on somebody you just beat. Now when, now usually, now that was back in the day when I used to play fighting games. Now I'm a little bit less annoyed with <laughs> I'm a little bit less annoyed with that kind of thing because it's like you know people are going to taunt you right no matter what eventually somebody is going to somebody's going to style on you the it's going to happen you're going to get into a match with somebody and they're going to completely run over you and then they're going to put the icing on the cake the cherry on top is that they get to taunt you now and you just got to deal with it and I'm more likely trying to prevent perfects than I am people taunting because people can taunt whenever they want. They'll taunt you in the middle of a match. If they get really, they get really, really cocky, they'll just taunt you in the middle of a match. Yeah, there's that. And then of course, there's also, if you've ever played Street Fighter Three Third Strike, the thing about taunts is taunts actually have a purpose in that game. Uh, if you're playing, I think it's Hugo or Q, I think in their cases, they're their taunts raise their defense. So if you taunt somebody, it's not necessarily, oh, I'm just taunting you just to taunt you. I'm raising my defense. And I think Q can raise his defense maybe three or four times. So for the rest of the round, you don't do as much damage to him anymore. So there's purposes to some taunts. But in general, I mean, that's like that's a that's a very specific example. But in general, it's best, I think, to avoid taunting because you don't know how the other person is going to react. So it's best to just keep it out of keep it out of there and just focus on playing the game and just, just keep it nice, keep it nice and friendly because not everybody has the same views on taunting that you do. Is the camera on me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, just making sure the camera on me. <clears throat> so I feel like uh when it comes to taunting, it's really something that you do have to read the room about like we had poke chop on the show one time and you know he's known for you know trash talk you know hyping up the matches 
but he always says he doesn't do it to somebody he doesn't know. He only does it with people that he knows, and for somebody he doesn't know, he'll only do it if they initiate. So I feel like taunting is the same way. There are people, you know, that, you know, we've all seen it, you know, people who get very, very upset playing these fighting games, take their controller, throw it into the ground, scream expletives, and then, you know, race out of the place. So you have those people who, who get really, really upset when it comes to these fighting games and adding in taunts like that. Then next thing you know, you're doing a first to five in real life. So you don't want yeah. so you you don't want that to happen, you know. So you just have to understand that, you know, some people just don't like it. But really at the end of the day, like I, I feel like ton really shouldn't be a big deal. I mean it's a part of the game. I mean it's all fun in games. I personally feel like if we had it in fighting games, people really wouldn't be doing it to just like, you know, disgrace someone. You know, some people will, but, you know, just across the board, I just don't feel like there's something really people should be getting too upset about. I mean, you know, if you were playing me and, you know, you was, you know, dogging me out, you know, putting my face in the floor and then at the end you taunting and stuff, you know, I'm just kind of like the sport to just laugh and be like, oh, okay, I see, you know, dude, just go sit here and basically run this train on me and then just basically taunt me at the end or whatever. Like, I, you know, I got, you know, it's all fun and games with me. You know, that's what we used to do growing up. But, you know, some people, they do take this stuff really, really serious. And, you know, well, you know, stone cold stunning you over, you know, a little. So, you know, you, you really just want to make sure that you ain't getting like, you know, bus driver uppercut it because you wanted to taunt at the end so so yeah i think it's something you really need to read the room but other than that you know it should be something that's allowed people shouldn't take it so seriously but you know well uh, that's all i have so back to you mr game and lift or anybody <laughs> or anybody else who has anything else to say hey man I, I i said what i had to i just just like i said you have to be careful you got to understand that there could be consequences you know some people you know some people just do it just to get a rise out of people just get a reaction yeah. I mean, like i said earlier you can use it quite possibly to use it as a tool to throw people off and you could literally just be doing it to be like i just want to throw them off i'm not trying to disrespect them but they might not take it in that regard and like one thing I learned about like today's game, today's age in gaming, and I mean it's been around for a while, but I think it's even more prevalent now. Is like people take gaming so seriously, like like stuff that they're not even getting paid for. Like they they just get bent out of shape over the smallest little thing. So you get you got to be careful. <clears throat> you know you, I, you you play a game like I play Apex. I've been playing it regularly recently, and if you're like trying to heal. And like a person is fighting, it's like if you have no health, like you gotta try to get a shield off or something, like a shield battery or something. And I, I run, I run into people, and they're just like, "Help! Help! Ah, you're the worst team." I'm like, so you want me to run over there with like two pixels of health and get sneezed on and die? Like I would have a greater chance to help <laughs> if I at least pop a shield first. And they don't even, they don't even like think or or look at or like react to the screen. Oh, he's healing. So it's this is one of the things like people are like really reactionary. So you you, you got to take take it into consideration because people react like overwhelmingly over the smallest things. And like I feel like as a gamer, I see that a lot in the gaming community. People just get bent out of shape over nothing. Over, I, I understand if you're playing for millions, but people do it just for free. So you have to just you, you just got to take it into consideration, man. Yeah, I think yeah, the whole taunting thing definitely. Like, like Rexon mentioned earlier, like Pokechop 
only does that with people he knows and not with people you don't know because you really you really don't know how this person is going to react. You don't know what kind of volatile temper this other person has playing fighting games. Fighting games are stressful enough. People get really stressed out playing fighting games. And I think that's something that we always forget sometimes is that some people invest a whole lot into playing fighting games and their skills and the result the result screen at the end of a match. So when they win, when they don't win, it's kind of for one person it might be like, oh well, you know, I lost. You know, on to the next one. But for another person, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe <laughs> like you know, people really go insane and then they go home and they sit on the edge of their bed thinking about where they went wrong. Where they were, how could I have possibly lost that match? Where did I go wrong? What, at what point in my life did I, what, what turn did I take at what point in my life to get to where I'm at here right now, where I lost that match against that random kid at Chuck E. Cheese's? It's, you know, it's, it's like people put a whole lot of thought into that stuff. And taunting really drives the point home with somebody like that. So you don't know who's on the other side of that cabinet or who's on, who's sitting right next to you sometimes. They might have shook your hand. But you might reach over to shake their hand, and then here they come with, uh, come, come with that left hook right after the match is over. So, yeah, I think it's best to, if you're going to be taunting, number either one or two things you need to do. Keep it between your friends, or <laughs> keep it online so they can't reach you, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, we know it today in the world where you know doxing and stuff exists you know people people can find you so you know not even that safe anymore yeah you know that's that's crazy when i first started figuring that out like you've never heard of swatting i'm like what is that and then people are sending all swat teams to people's houses i'm like on stream i'm like like so people really take it that serious like there was no unction in you like when you were making this phone call like maybe i shouldn't do this I mean, maybe this is just going too far. You know, a lot of times, a lot of these people really do be like, you know, very, very young. So I'm off topic. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we could go ahead and move on to our next topic. If nobody else has anything, I guess my last thoughts on taunting is just, you know, like, Hey, you know, we live in a world where people should not be getting so upset about certain things, but we don't live in that world. So, you know, do stuff at your own risk. So pretty much. So our next topic is who's the hardest character to you to play with and also to play against. Now, this doesn't have to be the same character. It could be two different characters for each one. Like this is a character for me that was like mad hard to play with or, you know, this is a character also that was hard for me to play against. So, but yeah, basically, which character is that for you in the fighting game genre? Starting with you, Mr. Gaming Lil. I think one of the hardest characters I would say to play is at the beginning from Street Fighter 4, um, just because his, his whole stance change thing, uh, not only that, but he was not only a stance change character, but he was a stance change character, a charge character, and he had hands. So what I'm sure, sure most people fighting your hands are like the, the most of them. I think in Street Fighter 5, now Honda's hands is like four buttons, but it's usually always five, like Chun-Li's legs are usually five kicks. So he was a hands character, a charge character, and a stance character. I'm like, y'all, y'all just try to put everything like into this character, like possible. Um, actually, another another honorable mention that I would say is Batista from Under Night Birth. Like, 
I don't know what the developers or like whoever was over the combat development like, but they were like, hmm, you know what? Let's make a charge character, but in reverse. Hmm, sounds like a good idea. So Batista's one of the most weird characters that you'll ever see. She's a charge character, but it's like imagine Gal, his Sonic Boom was forward and then back. That's literally what she is. Like she has a lot of weird stuff. Air reverse flash kicks in the air. I'm like, what? Who 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 thought that this was okay? And I think she has like button buttonhole moves. So I'm like, a reverse charge character and she has buttons to hold? Come on now. And she's also actually I I, I kind of want to say she's one of mine to she's my character to also put as the hardest to play against because she was super hard to play against. She controls the screen like you couldn't get in. It's like fighting. It was like Dawson mixed with like a spaceship. Like that's literally what fighting Batista was like. She's like you couldn't like crazy reaching buttons and then like just a bunch of projectiles and exploding crystals on the screen. So. I would say from when I my experience with Under Night, she was definitely one of the harder characters. It was a lot of characters in the game that were actually kind of hard to play against. Their styles, like you know, Mercara, just, just you, you just you you take one step, you breathe the wrong way, and he grabs you from full screen. But yeah, Batista was definitely she was a very to me a high honorable mention for hardest to play, but also hardest to play against. But I think I'm a, I'm gonna put Gen over her because Gen was just like the stance changes, the charge moves, the the hands, it's like, and then you had to like switch between stances in the middle of combos. It's like the character was fun. I actually learned him up for a little bit. I was actually kind of decent with him, okay with him. But man, like you started to see like the higher level gins, like at the time Shein, Jibbo, a lot of the other guys that play again. It's like, yo, this character is ridiculous. Then he had the links that they introduced, like, and I think, I think he had him in, in the original four, but. Like the stand medium into the hand, and it was just it was a lot going on with that character. And yeah, he it was just you think to yourself like, who, who like y'all did y'all could make a decision like let's just make a character and just do everything with him. Let's just put every type of just put everything. We're not you know charge you know hands, <laughs> but yeah, I think he'll be my hardest to play. And Batista would definitely be one of my hardest to play against because she was she was a headache. She was definitely a hassle in, the, in a game where you know anime very anime style game but it was like an anime street fighter but she she could just control the screen she had anti-airs and it, it was just really hard to fight against batista man so those, those are my two picks in my opinion the character that i would put first off i, would, I want to start off with the character that i think is the hardest character to play as and this is just my opinion and this comes from the same one of the, the one of the games that devin just mentioned undernight is seth i I had a huge problem trying to learn. I could get the basic, the basics on how to play as Seth, but as far as kind of getting into the upper echelons as Seth, it was kind of difficult because Seth moves around a whole lot and he's really fast. So he's all over the place and you kind of have to, you have to have already adjusted for him being on the other side of a person. For instance, so if you're on one side and he zips over to the other side, you have to have already been like, okay, now I got to rotate back this way do the uh, command this way in order to do the um, move that I need to do. And then he might go back to the other side. Then you got to do another command to, adju uh, to adjust to being on the other side. And for me, I, at, the at the point in time where I, when I was trying to play Seth, I hadn't, I had, hadn't been playing Hitbox that long. So 
especially in that situation, I was like, oh man, I, I'm trying to do motion inputs. I, he's too fast. I can't do it. So yeah, I would say that that at that point in time, especially for me, and even right now, I tried playing Seth a little while ago. I've been playing Hitbox for a while. And even now I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I want to play with this character. That's why I play with Carmine now. And yeah, I think Seth is a, was a difficult character for me to play as. As for a character playing against, man, I think one of the most difficult characters for me to play against in any fighting game and is Taki from Soul Calibur. I just, character, characters in general that are really fast, ninja type characters with knives already get on my nerves. But Taki, man, Taki is one of the most annoying characters. Plus all those really weird moments. She's all over the place. She flies everywhere. She comes up. She's just, leave, leave this place. Leave this place. And then she charges up for an unblockable. You're like, oh, no, I got it. No, no, hit with an unblockable. You know, Taki is just really fast. I'm, there's definitely a way to beat, ways to beat her. But, you know, coming, I'm, I'm an unga bunga type of player. I, I love... You know, I, I'm an unga-bunga type player. I'm not afraid to admit it. I play Astaroth. I play Miguel, all right? I'm not afraid to admit when I'm an unga-bunga type player. That's that's who I am. It's part of my personality. But you know, one of those, Taki is one of those characters that really made me sit down and like, man, I actually got to think about what I'm doing here. And I don't like thinking. Like I said, I'm an unga-bunga player. So yeah, I would say that the, the character that was hardest to play as for me is Seth from Undernight, and the hardest character to play against for me is Taki from Soul Calibur. All of them. You know, Devin, I remember you was on stream the other night, and you were playing a character that name was I Don't Like Thinking. I think that was Evan Undercover. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been found out. Why are you exposing <laughs> me like that? It makes sense now, man. So when it comes to a character that's hard for me to play against, I don't have, like, a particular character, but, like, it's like a set of characters. Because for me, if I'm playing against any character that I just feel like is an annoying character, not even that, that they're, like, hard or they, they're, like, for complex moves, they're, like, you know, a top-tier character or something like that, but just any character that I just feel like this dude is annoying. He suck. Why is he on the screen? I don't want to look at him. Like it's like for me, it's kind of like over. <laughs> like you already hit my head from the jump because I'm like, why did you pick this this piece of trash? Like this piece of trash. Like like that you just pick. Like I don't like why, why. Like you, it's like you doing this to annoy me. So like I'm you already in my head already, and I don't want to play this guy. You know, like when when Evan used to be like picking Skullamania all the time we were playing uh Fexel and I'm just like you just, you, you just like seeing the world burn don't you like don't nobody wanna like don't nobody wanna like play against this dude and then the matches seem like they're going on for forever. We know to play one match it feel like fifteen like I, I just I just don't like those type of cat like Vega from Street Fighter like I can't stand playing. Like, sit down. Get on the ground, bro. Get off the fence. What is you doing? We playing Street Fighter. Like, this, this is not the Olympics. Stop. Like, just fight. Why are you in the sky? Why are you in the air? Stop it. Sit down. Why, why they shooting fireballs, man? Nobody's shooting Bro, get on the ground. The yeah, right. They shooting fireballs on the ground. Get off the ground. <laughs> of course. Fireballs in the air? Get on the ground, Vega. You're doing too much, bro. <laughs> 
Like you're doing way too much. You know, so characters like that and characters that was hard for me to play with, I you know, I can't think really think of a character that was like too hard for me to play, like that was really, really complex because like if they were like that, I just kinda of left them alone. For, <laughs> for me, it, like characters this kind of goes back to a topic that we had before, but one of the characters that was hard because he just wasn't as viable, but I loved playing him. Like I didn't want to stop playing him was like Donkey Kong and Smash Brothers. Like right. I, I just I love Donkey Kong. I don't know why. I can't tell you why. I mean, maybe it's just because he has the donkey punch. Maybe that's it. But man, like I, I just refused to stop playing with him. And I took more L's than I should have in four player Smash matches because I just wanted to keep playing with Donkey Kong and everybody wanted to play with Meta Knight or Ike or, you know, Pokemon Trainer and, you know, all these different characters that could go a mile a minute while, you know, I, you know, my characters just slow as all get out. It takes a lot of effort. It takes real strategic play. I just can't be out here just, you know, unga bunga in it with, you know, Donkey Kong or Ganondorf and stuff like that. So those were characters that were like hard for me to play with because I just, I refused to give up on them in a situation where nine times out of 10, I was probably going to lose. Yep. Those are my answers. So anybody else have anything to add? Oh, I, wanted okay. to, I wanted to state that one, one, one character that I did have difficulty outside of Seth, and this is, I guess we would say, like, like Devin, in Devin's case, like the honorable mention, would be Adon, even though I like Adon, because sometimes I felt like it was a little, for me, because when I started playing Street Fighter 4, that's exactly what I was doing. I was starting to play Street Fighter 4. I, I played Adon a little bit in Street Fighter Alpha 3, but I hadn't really gone into depth on how to play that character so in street fighter 4 that was when i really started learning how to play adon and sometimes it was it felt like and I, maybe somebody in the comments can shed some light on this maybe i was doing this wrong but very often i felt like there were times where i was trying to cover up for the deficiencies i felt in adon's play because you know there were so many people that had fireballs that had projectiles like uh like like guile or Ryu, Ken, what have you. And I felt like oftentimes I'm waiting for somebody to throw a fireball so I can Jaguar kick over it or I can Jaguar to, to the other side of the screen and get and, and catch you slipping. But for the most part, if it was very difficult for me to play with Adon because I didn't really know what my game plan was. For most of the time, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just trying to play footsies. I just think this character, I think this character is cool. I want to jump over fireballs. That's that's pretty much as far as I got. I I got to the point where I was getting, where I was knocking people into the air, and then I was doing FADC cancels and going for the what do you call that? His second ultra. I can't remember what the name of his second ultra was, where he kind of not, jumps up in the air and he's like sitting on your shoulders and he beating the beating the snot out of you, knocks into the ground, and he's like, ah, rest in peace. I don't remember the name of that, but I remember exactly how it looks. And I remember playing playing Adon and just be like, man, maybe I should pick another character, but I really like this character. But I would say that even as much problems as I had with Adon, I would say that the most problems I had were playing Seth in Undernight. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that before we moved on. Yeah, I loved Adon and Alpha 3. And, you know, he, he, did, he did feel like one of those characters is like, he was cool. He was there, but it's just like he was kind of missing a lot to where it's like, you know, he just didn't feel you didn't feel as confident playing with him as you would with other characters. You mm -hmm. know, like 
if I like, you know, why, why people would be like, why am I playing Adon if I wanted to get a cool, if I want to play a more tie fighter and actually win, I just get Sagat. And I'm like, yeah. come on, man. But Adon's dope, though. Like, don't don't disrespect him like that. I mean, he, you know, like, yeah, Sagat got low high fireballs, but I mean, you know, we Jaguar toothing and Jaguar kicking. And, you know, exactly. Man, cool, you know, but, you know, you know, it's funny. His more tie stance was so much better, you know. You know, it's funny, I trail don't like Vega, but Adon's literally a more top version of Vega. What is he doing? Flying <laughs> off the walls. Flying off the walls. Who who does it? What, what more top fight somebody flying out? He does, what, he gonna find a wall there? Ain't they in the ring? Bro, he What's got he one move flying off the wall, man. Vega, every move he got is basically off the wall. Bro, the, the Jaguar in Alpha 3, he was literally <laughs> climbing on the fence, bro. Like, really? You're the, only one, you're the only one in the game using the background against us, bro. Stop it. Hey, man, you just got to get on his level, man. Yeah, we, I made sure, you know, we never picked him. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we could go ahead and move on to our next topic. Um, For our next topic, we have our tier list necessary. You know, nowadays when a new game comes out, you know, within like two weeks, people are already trying to like post up their tier list and – we know for some reason they're like, you know, uh, engagement, you know, uh, engagement heaven on social media when it comes to people releasing tier lists, you know, like, oh, so-and-so released their tier list, so-and-so released their tier list. And Event Hubs is kind of known for, you know, showing off everybody's tier list. So, for, uh, you know, we it just seems like we live in a world where tier lists are heavy and, you know, it's gotten to the point where some people are just like, I don't even want to see this tier list. Like, I'm muting the word tier list to stop showing up on my feed, so... Um, do you feel like tier lists are necessary? Do you feel like they really serve a purpose or have they gotten to the point to where we just need to get rid of them? So just your overall ideology on tier lists. Starting with you, Mr. Gaming Love. I, mean, I, th- I think tier lists become like a meme kind of, just like a, a, a hot topic. Here's a popular, here's the, the cool thing to do. Let me make a tier list. And people always are, they're always ready to see like what a top player is going to say with our tier list. And, one of my things I've always said about games is people never really take the time to look at stuff for themselves. They just wait on somebody else that's like a name in the community or whatever to show something. But it's like go and go and and test stuff out and and find stuff out yourself possibly because you 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 might have the answer. You might find it out for yourself. But tier lists are they serve a purpose, but they serve a purpose uh, better when it's like the game has been out for a while and there has been extensive. Uh, match analysis and, and footage on like you know characters like over a period of time over like because Tillis Tillis are back in Street Fighter 4 I think Tillis was like the most uh found like the the most found uh, what's the word I'm looking for the most foundationally sound like and what I mean by that is the fact that there were a lot of higher high level players about the same skill level playing a, lot, a multitude of characters and you would see these characters played out throughout a lot of matches. So you had a lot of match footage to go from and analyze. Okay, so these char- these both players are pretty good, about the same level. So out of this certain amount of matches, we've seen these same players or, or different players play these same characters and this other character. So we've kind of seen the same pattern that this character loses to this character's tool set. But now it's just kind of become a thing. Like when a game first comes out, it's like a tier, a tier list within a week or two. It's like, okay. And on one hand, it's like, it does show like, okay. So off the rip, if, you, if you're pretty in-depth with fighting game, you can kind of tell what characters have like solid tools. And you're like, okay, this is a really good tool. 
like obviously this this move is obviously strong like throughout the whole game like against whatever character so you can kind of get an early like prediction of like what character is going to be good but sometimes it's 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 not always foolproof mk11 for example there was a lot of characters a few characters out that i knew were strong from the get-go but they might have had they had some changes but like and it's crazy now these characters are like god like some people are complaining about Cetriana and Luke came with two characters that i said from the beginning it was I mean, mk11 were powerful now look at them Cetriana is like kind of a household name and i said from the beginning everybody like these characters are trash Cetriana don't do no damage i'm like you have to look at stuff like damage is not the only thing that makes a character good like people were saying sonya was just so good i'm like people are really saying sonya is good because of her damage Sonya, her mix and stuff, and a lot of her tools were nowhere near some as uh, as I've seen in some of the other characters. And now Sonya's like kind of just meh in most tier lists that I've seen. But I I knew because like you have to be able to analyze stuff further than that. So with tier lists, it's just like it's popular. Oh, well, let, let me see what this person's gonna do. And, and like I said, it does serve a purpose because a lot of higher level players they they do have that ability to look at a game really fast and say, okay, well from my analysis right now, this is what I feel that the tier list are, that these characters have, you know, these rankings because of said moves and said match analysis, right? But it's going to change over time, obviously. So I don't feel like tier lists really have a big impact, per se, until, like, a year or two into the game. And nowadays, it's even different because patches. So if a game never had a patch, then you could say, okay, well, this tier list is set in stone, but now you get patches, and that, that, that'll change the whole tier list. Um... So I just think that, you know, it is becoming somewhat of a meme, kind of a, just a hot, popular thing to do. But I do think they still serve a purpose, but they, I feel like only when they're tier lists that are made, that are based off actual solid gameplay footage and matches against, you know, players of the same or similar skill level over a period of time. You just can't be like, well, two weeks I've played online for a few matches. These are the, this tier list. I think tier lists need to be, something that has a foundation that's set and built upon over time. And then you can look at the chili and say, okay, this this makes sense now. We see we've we've had plenty of footage on like why this character is, is B tier. We've got plenty of footage and, and, and proof on why this character is A tier. So that's my that's my take on tier list, but it, it's definitely becoming kind of a trend a topic. I mean you're doing tier list for like food and stuff now, which is kind of yeah. it's kinda of cool and fun to do, but I mean it's that's kind of showing you how tier list has become like a, a meme in a sense kinda. Of. I was about to say food tier list kind of goaded though. Like that was yeah. <laughs> you know, some people have, you know, poor taste in that food tier list, but hey, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it is a little subjective, I think. Yeah. Because of and going yeah, forward and out here thinking root beer tastes good. <laughs> so anyway. My perspective on tier lists is at this point, it seems like I said before, like I just said, it's a little subjective, I think. Right now, tier lists, Devin was saying they're kind of just, a, to me, at least in my opinion, they're kind of a meme. We really don't, I just don't feel like we really need tier lists like that anymore. I, I feel like there's something that, there's something to use, there's something to do, there's something to put up there. But let's be honest, when it really comes down to it, people are going to play whatever characters they want anyway, at least, in, at least as far as I've seen. Uh, if you have a character that you like and you're invested in and you play that character and you know their moves and you know how to implement their tools properly, you don't really, you're not really going to care what a tier list says. You know, like the tier list is just kind of an afterthought to you. You might look at a tier list like later on and be like, okay, well, where does my character stand 
in regards to every other character in the game. You might look at that, you might take a glance at it, but there's really no point in letting a tier list guide where you, what, which character you play. Uh, I know, I, and I know, Poke Chop, Poke Chop would say, play, would play, say, you know, play top tier or whatever, or um, he would probably just be like, hey man, like if you want to win, just go for the gold. And there's a lot of people out there that would probably say the same thing, just go for gold, man. And I, I, I agree with that to a point, but if you're, if you're looking to have fun in the game, if you're like initially speaking, then you probably shouldn't be looking at tier lists anyway. And like Devin said, there's always, there's always that next patch, man. There's always the next patch. What happens next patch if your character is too, too strong or if your character is too weak, the character that you're playing right now might be the best character in the next season of the game or the next version patch of the game might not even, you might not even have to wait that, wait that long. They might change like a couple of things about different moves in your character and your character might be one of the best characters in the game just off that. I know people don't really like Astroth like that because Astroth is super powerful and there are some moves that I gotta admit, man, that is a, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> some of the stuff that Astroth can do is a little wild, but he's not one of the best characters in the game, but I've never actually gone out of my way to look and see where he sits on a tier list because I don't care. I'm looking, I think I've stated this before, I'm playing by rule of cool, man. The coolest character gets my vote. So if I, I pick the coolest character that I can see, I'm like, man, I'm playing this character. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, but that character sucks. I don't care, I'm playing this character. But it, at the same time, sometimes you've got, got to look at the tier list and kind of see where your character stacks up to know what the what other people's i guess it kind of gives you a a view into what other people's thoughts are about your character and whether or not there's some people there are a lot of people who may or may agree some people who may disagree but i think the most important thing is to stick with the characters that you like and not really go by what tier lists say so i don't think tier lists are 100 percent necessary anymore just they're they're more of like they're more for fun than anything i think they're more for fun and I think they, they should kind of stay in the for fun thing. So we're not necessarily, people don't feel married to having to, to play top tier characters. For me, I feel like tier lists are necessary, but only for competitive players. If you are anybody who is just a beginner, one thing beginners shouldn't do no matter what area you're going into is don't try to overload yourself at one time. You know, you're basically just trying to, you know, learn how to link MK into a special, but at the same time, trying to worry about what characters are all better than you. Like you doing, you like you worried about too much at one time. Like just focus on learning the game, learning the fundamental principles of the game. And also for people like Evan, you know, I'll close, I'm not going to say Evan, but people that kind of like have the mindset of Evan, like are people who play just for fun. You know, if you're just somebody who's playing just for fun, like, then the tier list shouldn't matter to you. Like, pick the character that you have fun with and go out there and have fun. You know, so tier list shouldn't matter to those two individual people. But at the same time, tier list really should matter for people who are competitive players. If you're out here, you're trying to win first place at the tournament, you know, you're trying to go for gold, you know, go for broke. You need to know everything about your competition. You need to study your competition. You need to know what player plays who, what that character can do and where they stack up against, you know, other characters. If if somebody's playing Akuma who's A tier and you're playing Ed, you know, 
who Evan religiously tells us doesn't even have an overhead, I know, um, you might have you might have some problems, you know. <laughs> and and that's something that you might need to take into account because you're actually trying to achieve the highest the highest pinnacles in this scene. So that's something that you really need to know. Also, it's good for seasonal changes to see how much your character has changed in relationships to everybody else. You know, we know from season, I mean, we know Ryu from like season two to like four, people were saying sucked. But then next thing you know, in five, he shot up. And, you know, these people who come and make these cheer lists, that's like a visual representation to show you um, without having to do all the hardcore studying and stuff like that, who's moved to where and who's done what. But that could also lead to a con uh, with tier list. You need to make sure you know who's making the tier list because a lot of people just hurry up and make them just for the engagements. You know, like it ain't been a week and a half and you got a tier list out houseway. You know, <laughs> so you know you need to pay attention to who's out here dropping the tier list. Make sure you find players who you can trust and you know really is out here doing it. You know, just because they want people to really know the viability of characters and not because I need a couple of retweets. You know, so. Yeah, and also tier list, if you want to start in competition, they give you like a, a good fundamental playing field of like, okay, who I might want to start with. You know, like if I want to play B on up, I know these characters are B on up, and then let me find the character in here that I actually like or that I actually want to play with. But yeah, so that's that's my idea. I don't think tier lists need to go away. Like we don't need them anymore. Certain people do need them. But at the same time, certain people don't need to worry about them either. So they're, they're just kind of like a, they're there. They're there if you need it. But if you don't need it, then don't don't worry about it, you know. And, yes, they have kind of become a meme. Like, you know, they're everywhere, you know, even, like tier lists are everywhere, doing all types of different, like, rankings of different things. But as far as fighting games, I don't think they need to go away. They need to stay here. Uh, they have a place. So does anybody else have anything to add? I'm good, sir. I'm also good. (laughs) Well, we can go on to our next topic. Um, What fighting game had one of the the greatest examples of a great online lobby for you? Guilty Gear Strive being delayed, one of the reasons that they gave was because they want to fix things with the online lobbies and online stability. So, you know, lobbies has become sort of a, a topic to talk about now. So... I mean, you guys' opinions, which fighting game had a great example of how you should do online lobbies? Starting with you, One Punch Man. I think MVCI actually had a, as, as much flack as that game gets, I think he had a pretty solid lobby system. If I'm not mistaken, I think you could get like, it was either 8 to 16 people in a lobby, and you could have people in that lobby playing, so they wouldn't have to wait like to play the next person if... If other people in there want to play against each other, they could play against each other. Kind of like how Grand Blue is set up. Like when you go into a lobby and it's like, like six to eight arcade machines. If somebody don't want to wait in line, like for one while two people are playing, they can just go to another one. I think uh, NBCI's lobby system was pretty solid. Um, Grand Blues is pretty decent. Um, yeah, I think just the fact that you had to, I, like I said, if I recall correctly, I think NBC I had sixteen people. I could be wrong; this might have just been eight, but for some reason, something is telling me it had sixteen. But you come in, uh, had four different slots. If two people in one slot, two people in the other slot, and you could play different people, switch in and out. I think that should kind of be a standard of like fighting game lobbies. Like 
instead of just having to wait for two people to get done, if you want to come in there with your boys or whatever, or if let's say there's a even like Dragon Ball Fighters is kind of the same way. Like you can come in and there's uh, but they only have two slots though, so you can only have two sets of people fighting at the same time. So you have one at the top, one at the bottom. Well, like I said, with NBC, I remember them having, you could do like at least four multiple matches going on at once. Um, I feel like that's a good way to do it. So that way, if you have a lot of people in the lobby, you don't have to have everybody sitting there waiting for two people to get done and just, you know, if at least, at least be able to spectate, but still like some people just want to play. Um, you be like, hey, we'll rotate out. Oh, y'all done? Okay, let me we'll switch out and let's play. Um, so I think that a lot of uh, fighting games should kind of adopt that, that type of style from now on. Like I said, Dragon Ball has it a little bit, but you only can have like two matches, I think, going on simultaneously, I, I believe. Um, like a set A, set B. So at least have four sets that can be able to be uh, had at the same time and eight people. Eight, I guess eight to 16 people would be cool. So that way you don't have everybody waiting. Um, and like I said, NBCI gets a lot of flack, but I, I did think their lobby system was was pretty sound. Definitely better than threes, because threes lobby system was not that great when it first came out, and then it they didn't really make it that much better in Ultimate, even though they allowed you to at least spectate. Because in the original uh, Marvelous Capcom three, you just had to sit there and watch two cards just have at it, which was really annoying. So yeah, just if I feel like people could. Mix that NBC out with like the Grand Blue, mix it all together, and somehow you know bring it together. I think that'll be uh, uh, dope. And also, for some reason, I feel like it's a simple mechanic that I don't think people like. Even Dragon Ball, you can't do it. I should be able to send someone an invite from like the crossbar. A lot of fighting games, you can just or games in general, you can just send someone an invite from the PlayStation or whatever system you're on consoles is home bar. And Dragon Ball, you can't do that, and I don't know. I don't know why that's not a standard. Like you have to go into the lobby, into the rank system to get a match. It's like if I just want to play my homeboy real quick, I shouldn't have to go in here and make a whole room. Just let me. He's playing. I'm playing. Send invite. Like I don't know why we've kind of gotten away from that, but it's so simple. Um, and that was one of the things that kind of annoyed me with Dragon Ball: the fact that you couldn't do that. Like I, I, I can't just send you an invite to play the game, and it puts us in a lobby. Like, it's kind of ridiculous that I have to go here, set up a room, and you got to be in the same lobby with me, the same room, same region. Let's just let me invite that person and play. So I think I think that's my answer. I would If I would just have the perfect lobby system, it would be somewhat kind of like NBCI with a little smidgen of other things dropped off in there. So, so I'm going to just go ahead and set my favorite lobby system thus far will have to be the the old, like I, I wouldn't say old because it's not that old, right? The previous Arc Systems lobby system, like Devin mentioned before, for like Grand Blue and the Guilty Gear games where you basically just go into a room and there's a bunch of arcade machines and you, you don't necessarily have to wait for anybody. You can, either, you can go to another arcade machine or you can just uh, sit there and wait and spectate your friends playing and stuff. Like it's... It's up to you, but you have choices. You have other venues that you can use to have fun. I think those are the that's the most important thing about a lobby system, is that you number one you shouldn't have to sit there and wait. You shouldn't have to just sit there and be like, all right, well, is it my turn yet? Every single time. I know people are kind of tired of that. The whole I gotta wait in line kind of thing. Like I'm at the I'm at the DMV 
where I got to sit here and wait my turn. I got to take a number and just, I was like, number 32, number 32. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to go and get, jump on an arcade machine with whoever's free, somebody, I'm sitting there by myself. Who wants to play? Who's got next? And then somebody runs up, we play a match and we either, we have like a win or lose. We either decide that we're going to play another match or I'm going to decide that this person is obviously way out of my league and I tip my hat and go home. You know, something like that. Either way, you know, it's supposed to be fun for everybody involved. I think th that was one of the reasons I didn't like the Guilty Gear Strive lobby system. I felt like the lobby system that they had before was, that they established earlier, was great. It was immaculate because not only was it cool to look at, it was, aesthetic, it was aesthetically pleasing in the first place. But in addition to that, it worked very well. You could have a bunch of people in there and everybody's kind of, people can do stuff, idly do stuff, like people can do push-ups and, and stuff like that, like just random things. And of course, you have the arcade machines in the back and you can jump on an arcade machine and play your friends. It was good for, good for tournaments and people can sit there and they can spectate or they cannot spectate if they don't want to. They have a thing in the corner that if you want to go into training mode, they had a little machine in Guilty Gear uh, Rev, in the Rev games where in the, the corner on the right, there's a little machine in like the private lobbies where you can just go and you can go into practice mode. You can just play in practice mode until something happens. If somebody says, hey, I'm ready to play. All right, let me get out of practice mode. If it was, Probably in my in my opinion, the best lobby system that I've seen. And there might be other lobby systems that are better, but it's the best lobby system that I've seen thus far. And so far, I would have to say it's the best one. And hopefully, hopefully, with the delay of the Guilty Gear Strive actual thing, we, we, we were supposed to come out in April and they've delayed it until June. So hopefully in June, we see a vast improvement to the lobby system. And dare I say, dare I even hope for them to just completely scrap the lobby system and go back to the previous lobby system. So yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. As for me, I don't have an answer. This is one of these situations where I leave it to the pros, the gentlemen that came before me. I really didn't play a lot of fighting games online. If I, if I had to play a fighting game, it was always somebody near. Like if I wanted to play Street Fighter, Devin was right there. If I wanted to play Tekken Tag Tournament 2, Devin was right there. If I wanted to play Super Smash Brothers, I mean, you know, my homeboy Preston is right there. Like, you know, so I, I didn't have too much. The only games I was really playing online was Pokemon and DC Universe. <laughs> so that, that, that was really it. Other than that, like playing a playing a fighting game, I, I always had somebody around to to play against, and I was never really too much of that person that wanted to go online and play too much because connections did feel horrible. And I was like, why am I doing this to myself? So, you know, I, I just didn't really play too much. I was just, you know, as Pope Chop would say, play offline. You know, so that's basically what I was doing. So I'm keeping I'm keeping it going, Pope Chop. Yeah, so Pokemon and DC Universe was really like the only games I was playing online. So I really, I really don't have an answer. So, but if that's all you guys have, we can move on to the next topic. Yep, that's pretty much it for me. Yep. Okay, yep. so next one is so Super Saiyan Four Gogeta has come out. He has set the FGC ablaze around this time, where many people are kind of speaking down upon Dragon Ball Fighters right now. You know, for uh, different reasons, but uh, Gogeta is dropping. He's looking pretty amazing. You know, we have you know vids out on him already. People are flooding uh, the F uh, the FGC YouTube market with it. Twitter is flooded with it. 
everybody's having a good time with him. So based off what you guys have seen so far, what are you thinking about him already? I know uh, Mr. Game and Love for have some nice opinions. He's the, the, the fighters expert of Wunga. So starting with you, Mr. Game and Love. I mean, he looks interesting. Definitely, I'm glad that they made him so unique. I commend them for making the the, the recent DLC characters a lot you a lot more unique than they've been doing in the past. Um, I would say this this pack is probably yeah by far their most unique. Every character is like it's something about them that's made them quite different. Like Master Roshi was quite different. Baby was different in a lot of ways, a lot of aspects. And now they got Gojima coming in with the new mechanics well not necessarily new mechanics but i guess to him per se we all know that there's a, a dragon ball system in fighters where you do auto combos a certain amount of times you get dragon balls and gojita's just like hey i i don't i don't care about all that i just get them myself his dp is literally <laughs> gives him a dragon ball so i haven't watched a whole lot of footage just yet with like matches and stuff he's gonna be able to do a lot he has an instant kill which is a counter you could say broken, but he only gets it once, and he can only, like, I, I guess do the level seven thing once per match. So it's not like he's just going to be literally leveling up every match and killing all your characters with one touch. That would be a little overboard if you could do that multiple times. So that makes sense. And I, I feel like they, they kind of did it to make to make it play into his fact that he's only in the, he's only in Fusion for 30 minutes, and he actually got out of it early because he was just playing around in, in GT. So the, maybe that's part of the reason why they did he can only do that once. Excuse me. That's also how he ended Omega Shinron. So, but yeah, he's 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 showing a lot of different stuff. He has some interesting moves, some interesting and cool looking combo routes. I mean, they made him dope. I don't like his supers too much. I feel like his supers a little lackluster. Um, they have the one where he like does the whole Naruto after image type thing, and it's kind of lackluster. Even his level three, I'm like, I don't know. His level three just it just doesn't have any punch to it visually. It literally almost looks like a uh, level one, to be honest. They like showed the close up of him and then like Vegeta and Goku on the sides. But other than that, like, you know, Gogeta Blue gets this whole, like, literally the movie version of his Kamehameha for his level five. When he does it, Gogeta Blue does his uh, level three, and you spend the extra two bars and make it a level five. Literally almost per bam, that looks like just like the movie, the Super Broly movie. And that was dope. But it's like, they don't even, it's like, man, like, y'all could have given him a little more punch with his supers visually. But, I mean, I guess who cares about how it looks if you die in one hit if you get hit by level seven? So, it's like, you know, it doesn't matter. I hit you with a jab and confirming the super, and now you're dead. People have been putting out videos for him. I plan on making a, a combo video with him just to, you know, see what I can find with him, hopefully. But yeah, he looks pretty cool. He looks pretty cool. He has his swagger. You know, I, I kind of wish that, you know, they showed... Uh, Super Saiyan 4 Goku and GT Goku Super. So it's it's kind of like, well, I feel like we're going to get him at some point, but they just gave us Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta, which I'm pretty sure everybody was more pleased with. I mean, you know, the fusion of Goku and Vegeta as Super Saiyan 4, which I still feel like is the strongest version of them. I don't care about this blue and red stuff, but, you know, <laughs> Kool-Aid flavors or something. Um, but, yeah, he he looks pretty cool. He has the DP that gives him a Dragon Ball. He has a level up system that, that looks like a parry. He got a lot going on right now, um, and I'm I'm all with it. I'm all for it because the more the, the more unique they can make these characters, the more I think it'll bring a different flavor to the game. And Gogeta's definitely no exception to that. So I'm just I kind of want to see more as it develops with the uh, competitive play. 
people are kind of playing them already. I mean, it might as well as like get a free, free kill. So it's like I'm pretty sure he's gonna probably be played a good bit, especially if everything else checks out with them competitive wise. So we'll see. All I can say is we're probably gonna see a lot of people getting killed by Big Bang Kamehameha. So you know, just gonna have to deal <laughs> with it. I'm not. I'm definitely not a. I don't really play Dragon Ball Fighters like that. I play it every once in a while. But even as somebody who is a casual player of the game, I got to admit, Go Gogeta looks, Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta looks really cool. I like the way they like his swag. I think he looks really cool. Like he's kind of, you know, I'm not really taking this fight seriously. I'm just kind of here just for fun, for funsies kind of thing. You know, I'm, that's, that's the kind of character I kind of like. I like seeing in games like this because he's got his arms crossed the whole time. Like, ah, I don't even need to use my hands. I don't even care. So I, except, you know, of course, he's got to use it for a couple of his moves, but it seems that he's not really, not really putting 100%. He's Super Saiyan 4. He's fused. Goku and Vegeta have fused. You know, they did the, uh, the fusion dance. But at this point, even at this point, he's like, I'm so powerful. Why am I even, I don't need to do anything, man. I'm just going to, it's going to beat you out, kick you, kick you a whole bunch of times. You know, I'll use my hands every once in a while, you know, just to keep things fresh. But for the most part, he's, He's, he's a really cocky character, and I think that's really cool. Like uh, Devin said, the the kind of style that they're using with like these with the, some of the characters that they've come out with in the past, like few the past few characters they've come out with have been really really interesting, really fresh and interesting. And Super Saiyan Four Gogeta is definitely keeping along with that trend. And I think this is I would say that if I was really really playing Dragon Ball Fighters right now, I would probably buy this character. I think I want to actually see a little bit more about the character because I'm not particularly good at the game, but I would love to actually, you know, see what uh, what other what everybody else comes up with because I'm I gotta admit, man, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. It, sometimes I'm watching, I'm while well, I'm trying to watch what's going on on screen. I'm just like, whoa, man, this is crazy. But one if one wrong move, man, and you might lose your whole character. Like what you're. The other person, if they've got enough inner, uh, enough meter, that's it, man. Your character is dead. So I'm gonna wanna, wanna do a little bit more information gathering before I attempt to throw my hat into the ring in terms of what's going on here with Dragon Ball Fighters. But right now, I mean, as far as the trailer's concerned, the trailer looked really cool, extremely hype. I was excited the whole time, start to finish. I was like, wow, look at this. And then they have uh, Super, the, uh, Super Saiyan, the, the blue Super Saiyan, of uh, Gogeta fighting Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta, which of course I was corrected by Rex on Max earlier when I thought it was Vegito, but apparently it was uh, Gogeta instead. So that was my mistake. He he that, that he he was right, but yes, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, Super Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta versus uh, the blue, Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta was absolutely cool. The the way that they made it look really cinematic and and everything made the made the trailer really pop and then the explosion at the end it made you want to play it makes you want to play the game it really does it makes you want to get off the sidelines and actually get out there and start fighting and I think that's one of the most important things about making a trailer so I'm I'm all for it I can't wait till the character comes out so we can see what some of the pro players what some of the pro players actually come up with when they start playing with uh, Super Saiyan for Gogeta. Drops like this, drops as in this character releasing, really makes me miss offline tournaments because 
you know, one thing about tournaments is that when a new character dropped, you couldn't wait to see what type of viability they would have, like, in a tournament setting. Like, of course, you was going to see people do combo videos. Of course, you're going to see people make user guys. Of course, you're going to see all types of different content and stuff. But, like, when it comes to, like, in the moment, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, all the chips are on the line, you know, the, the fate of the universe is at stake. Uh, Thanos finna snap the glove, depending on who wins this. I mean, you really just couldn't wait to see, like, how these characters are going to be used and played. And with us only having online play now, you know, it really makes it hard to, you know, really gauge, like, how good somebody can be in, you know, a tournament setting. So that 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 really kind of makes me really miss offline tournaments. But yeah. as far as, like, Gogeta himself, like, I mean, who doesn't like Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta? I mean, maybe if you don't like Vegeta as a character himself, because you can tell Gogeta really has a lot of personality of, of Vegeta in there. I mean, both Kakarot and Vegeta have that same pride. You know, Vegeta carries his a different way than Goku. You know, Goku is more so along the lines of just like, hey, I want to fight you at your strongest just to have a good fight. I feel like we could do that. You know, I feel like I'm strong enough. It's worth it. Vegeta is just, you know, I mean, pretty much just conceded. You know, like, look, I'm here. I'm the stuff. You know, everybody just can't get enough. You know, and then Gogeta really, really exudes that of just, you know, like Evan said, his swag, how he carries himself. Like, look, bro, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm just here for the fans, man. I'm only here because they hit the button on the character select screen. Other than that, like, I, I wouldn't even be worried with you, fam. Like, you ain't worth my time. So, you know, he, he's just really, really dope. As far as, like, you know, people are saying, like, they really don't like a lot of his moves, like their plane and stuff, like his specials and stuff like that. I mean, you can't have it all, you know. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it kind of is what it is for me. I'm kind of just like, eh. You know, like, yeah, it'd been great to have it, but if you don't have it, I mean, he's still a dope character. It's not like he came out with C-tier and he, and he didn't have the extra stuff. It'd be like, oh, what were y'all thinking? Like, this, this kind of sucks. But, you know, he, he's really, really good, people are saying. So, I mean, you can, I can kind of take it. I mean, at the end of the day, whether you get the W or you get the W in style, you got the W. So, you know, let's just take the W. You know, all the content and stuff that's being created with him is awesome. I mean, people are really, really excited about him. You know, Devin said with his uh, new mechanics, his new way of doing things, you know, like, you know, I could just get a Dragon Ball whenever I feel like it because I'm that guy, you know. Um, just because even the de developers knew I'm, I'm Dylon, so that's pretty pretty dope. So I'm I'm just excited, man. Like I said, it just makes me miss like tournaments. You know, really seeing people. You know, how they how they're gonna play with them. All the different people who can use them in many different ways. It kind of goes back to I forgot to say something about the tier list, but you know, like you know, you have to, people play characters different ways. So like Sonic Fox might say this character is here. Somebody else might say they're there. So you really kind of go, got to go off of yourself a little bit. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the character, man. I'm, I mean, I'm happy to see him. I was watching some videos that A. Clay was making. Shout out to A. Clay. You know, he, <laughs> he was mad excited for him. So it's just dope to see everybody excited for him. I'm, I'm happy. You know I me, mean? I'm a I'm an FGC diehard, so anytime we get good stuff, I'm praising it from the mountaintops, you know. So, anybody else have anything else to add? No. All right. Sure. Well, last topic we have is the 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 Yuri trailer. So, do y'all really have anything that you really want to say about it other than Devin saying the trailers are kind of meh? 
I mean, only thing I say is this from us the the previous topic, like that's how you do trailers. I mean, I know, like I said, people are saying, "Hey, this is what they're giving us." This, that, and third. Like me personally, I just don't think that like it takes that much to make a trailer like that. And and the reason why I say that because I, you know, I, I'm I've got into video editing. I I do combos videos and stuff, so I kind of know like looking at that Gogeta trailer, like the stuff they did was not super fancy stuff that took millions of thousands of dollars. It was simple edits, effective edits, but they added it to in a cinematic way, you know, and I, I mean, the camera stuff is cool. I mean, like, Yuri, she's one of my favorite characters. I like her because um, she reminds me of soccer, but I feel like she's a little, her move set is a little more swaggier than uh, a little more swaggier than soccer. But yeah, it's just, it's the cuts, man. I, I'm just not a fan of the way they're doing the style for the trailers. That's just really my only issue. I just don't like the jump cutting from normals to, you know, like I said before, if it's a brand new character, that makes sense because you're introducing the character. You don't know what any of this stuff looks like. So if you bring a, a totally new character and you show me like jab, heavy punch, throw, special move, I'm like, okay, cool. Cause I, I don't know what this stuff looks like, but we've seen Yuri's attacks for years. They're the same, like I said before, Ryu got the same medium punch that he's had since Street Fighter 2. Yeah. So I don't need to see a, a normal from a character that I've seen over 20 something years, but that's just my opinion. You know, I got. I basically agree with everything Devin just said right there. I mean, there's not a whole, whole lot to say about the Yuri trailer. I think one thing I will say is that Yuri does, as a character model, looks good. The character yep. model for Yuri does look good. And this is, I feel like this is, I'm looking at her and I'm like, okay, I would play this character. I feel like that's how I felt for the past few times that I've been watching these trailers. Like, I'm looking at characters, uh, Andy and and uh, Yuri and Yori and okay, I would play as these characters. These aren't my first choices when it comes to characters, but I would play these characters. Another thing is, is that yeah, the whole jump cut thing, I know that the game probably, it's not 100% finished or anything like that. You know, they might not have a whole, whole lot of footage, but I would appreciate a little bit more effort as far as keeping the, the like we were just talking about the Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta trailer and how cinematic and how epic it was. And then, you know, you watch the uh, the King of Fighters 15 Yuri trailer or any of the trailers for King of Fighters 15 at this point, it's kind of like, well, this is all right, man, but I might play the game. I'm thinking about it, but I'm more I'm more likely to just go play Dragon Ball Fighters and I I have the Dragon Ball Fighters is a relatively as compared to King of Fighters a relatively new thing. So as opposed to like playing, I'm, I'm, I'm more likely to jump into Dragon Ball Fighters with both feet as opposed to like going back to, a, to one of my beloved franchises that I've known for years. So it's really weird looking at the trailers for between these two things. You're, I mean, I know you probably shouldn't be comparing these trailers, but it's hard not to. It's difficult to not compare one style of trailer to another style of trailer. And right now I'm just really not feeling the way that they do the trailers. Hopefully, like I said before, hopefully this is a thing where the trailers are kind of the opposite from the game. Like I remember back when King of Fighters 14 came out, King of Fighters 14 trailers were pretty good. The game, I liked the game, but apparently the general consensus was that it wasn't a great game. So hopefully the trailers come out, the trailers are here, the trailers are okay, okay, whatever. And then the game comes out and it blows everyone's minds and we have a resurgence of the King of Fighters games. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. 
but right now, as far as the trailers look, it's not looking particularly cool or fresh or anything like that. But I will say that as far as Yuri looks as a character, she looks great. I'm probably going to try playing her when the game comes out. I'm probably going to take a few more risks playing characters. Normally, I kind of stay in a small box when I'm playing characters in King of Fighters. I only play like maybe like maybe seven, eight characters maximum in the game. So this time I might be stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit to try some other characters, but I can't wait. I'm looking forward to playing as a character, even though the trailer itself as a package deal didn't really draw me in like that. Yeah, the trailer is how they've been really, I mean, it's kind of been the same. And it's like I was telling Devin before we started the show is this is going to get tiresome. You know, they're releasing mm -hmm. every character the same way, doing the same things. The trailer starts off, they're doing the, the very jarring jump cuts. And then it kind of transitions into, okay, you might get a little bit of a combo. Then they do some type of like character ton or character like, you know, expression or whatever. And then next thing you know, we're getting into the nitty gritty of the combos and the specials and stuff like that. So it seems like every character is being released like that. It's nothing like unique to them except their own individual moves. So they can get kind of tiresome. Um, uh, not tiresome, but boring after a while. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as like... Um, Yuri, I mean, she looks great. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything to say about her uh, specifically. I mean, she looks great. She looks fun. The moves look unique, especially when she's coming out of the sky and kicking on you and stuff like that, just like she's throwing yeah. a hissy fit or something like that. It's funny to see, like, her do her fireballs and stuff, and you and her fly back like she's just, like, she has no control over her powers or something like that. Yeah. I mean, she's looking fun, but just in general, of like, how KOF is doing that stuff, I mean if we're not expecting this game to come out until later in the year, then that's a lot of weeks until then for us to be seeing like trailers releasing the same type of way. We're basically supposed to only get hype for the characters. And like you guys said, like if we're basically seeing characters that we know are going to be in here, you know, Benimaru, Kyo, Shune, and all that other stuff, like we're seeing people we already know their moves and know what they're going to look like and, you know, know everything about them. It's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, maybe if y'all introduce like some new characters or stuff like that, or somehow we wasn't expecting, then it'll be a little bit more engaging. But yeah, so I mean, it's like like you guys, there's not much to say about it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still happy for SNK. This game is being released. It looks better than the last one. It looks better than last time. You know, it looks like it's gonna be fun. It's just you know the lead up to it is kind of you know just going mm -hmm. you know, kind of whatever. So. But yeah, so we have reached the end of yet another show. That one seemed pretty quick. So, you know, <laughs> you know, with the podcast editing and the video editing, that's, that's a okay. But I mean, if it's a long show, then we just appreciate giving the content to you guys. So as always, we reached our end point of what we give our takeaways. So starting with you, Mr. Game and Lift, what do you want to leave the people with? Be careful out there taunting, you know, make sure you taunt responsibly because, uh, you know, this day and age, you never know what could happen. Make sure you have your tonnage license on you if you <laughs> pulled over at a at an event or something. So you want to make sure you got that on you at all times, just to keep you in the loop. You know, make sure that y'all all your, your T's are crossed and your eyes are dotted. Just glad to be back for another episode talking about these topics, uh, fighting game topics as usual. Just glad to be here. I guess I might have to up my swag, at least have a hat next time because apparently, you know, my my two co-hosts are trying to, you know. 
I mean, he, he is always with the sway. That's that's just his thing, you know. But uh, Mr. Rexon was like, you know, I hold my Kool-Aid real quick. So I guess I'm going to have to do the same thing. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, again, all the supporters, anybody that watches, man, listens, we really appreciate it. No matter, you know, what type of support you do, if you see something, the clip or, or whatever, post on Twitter, YouTube, whatever it may be, we appreciate it. If you like the videos, um, hopefully you all enjoying the content. Um, Y'all yeah, leave comments and, and things uh, so he can read them. Because um, I think he, yeah, I think he has this thing where if he reads a comment, he gets like a nine thousand dollar deposit. So um, <laughs> that's that's where the swag comes from. Um, from every time he he he's not reading, but he reads them because of the deposits. But I'm gonna let E continue to tell you all about that. He's yeah. So. Yeah, so actually, it's a it's kind of a, a a small deal that I have going, and then I take the take the deposit, and then what I do is I go to Salvation Army and uh, Goodwill, and that's where I get all my clothes from, man. So I take it, and that's how I stay so swagged out every week is because I'm I'm doing it at a, a discount every single week. I mean, it's the perfect crime. But it, yeah, thanks to everybody for coming through. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening. We really appreciate y'all every week coming in and. You know, just coming here to listen to us talk about T FGC topics. Like, it's really great. We have a whole lot of fun doing it. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard my dog barking out there a little while ago. I think my dog was actually, what might have happened is somebody started taunting after the match, I think. And then, you know, he just started going haywire. So I apologize for that. He's got a very temperamental. He doesn't appreciate that kind of stuff. He just started playing on sticks. So, and he, he's got the East Coast sensibility. So, you know, he's like, I don't, I don't play this, even play this game like that, bro. So, you know how it is. But anyway, thank y'all very much for being a part of the the, the um, input output listening and watching group. We real we appreciate y'all so very much. Look forward to even more of our content coming out in the future. We as always thank you to my two co-hosts for for just being here and tolerating me and my ridiculousness. Thanks to uh, everybody out there who watches and listens, retweets, comments. As always, if you're trying to get involved with the conversation, please leave comments. Please leave questions. We're always looking for topics every single week. So if you have one that you think is is important, just go ahead and let us know, man. We're always looking for the for another topic to add on to the show. And with that, we're, I'm going to um, hand it on over to our boy Rex on Max. You know, I'm I'm just excited to be here for another week, as always. You know, we have some announcements for con upcoming content that we have coming out. I guess this is the first time we're actually speaking on it, but we have, like, some announcements for some contents that's coming up. No spoilers on what it is. They'll be announced when it's announced. So hopefully they'll be soon. You know, a lot of people working together in the scene, in the FGC scene to come together and, you know, do some stuff for the community, man. You know, we really want to, you know, go out here and treat the FGC like it's an actual industry. You know, a lot of people like, oh, we're not mainstream. We're not this. We're not that. Like, it's it's whatever you make it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's whatever. I mean, if you if you already think we're there, then we're there. You know, that's we'll never go above what you think because, you know, you don't you don't envision anything more. So and, you know, we, we try to envision a lot more for the FGC, you know, a place where people can come together and really make livings and enjoy themselves, you know, doing stuff when it comes to fighting games and stuff like that. We already have Harada saying that he would like all the major publishers and developers like, you know, Bandai Namco, Capcom, SNK, and everybody coming together and making one large, huge gaming event 
you know, something like an Evo or something like that. They want to come together and do that for all their games and stuff like that. So with like, you know, the corporations and stuff coming together to do stuff like that, they're showing that they they even value this stuff enough to be able to put funds and to do something like that. So, you know, if we can, as a community, come together and really start, you know, doing more work, doing more work, we can partner with them, start our own things, get our own stuff going, and not have to worry too much about just like, oh, well, you know, nobody wants to drop off money in the FGC and stuff like that. So, you know, we can make it ourselves. So that, And, you know, that's what we're trying to do here at TVFGC, just bringing people together to, you know, use their talents and stuff like that to really grow the scene. So... That's enough of my tangent right now, but you know, so it's, it's, it's just great to be able to come and do stuff for the community, you know, every week for the people who listen. I mean, the podcast numbers, I'm actually surprised that like, that we get how many different countries and stuff that it is in, you know, I mean, it, it's a lot, like, you know, nothing we was expecting, you know, I know when we first started, it was just like, hey, you know, you know, my, my mom will probably listen to it. But, you know, other than that, you know, it wasn't expected too much. So it's great to see the growth. So but that's all I have. You know, if nobody has anything else, I don't know, Evan Dog might have something to say. But <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, somebody's taunting him after the match. Yo, listen, he's he's furious. Yeah, somebody just went on ahead and hit him with that. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's saying I take that. Yeah, he definitely says I take that. Isn't he? I take that, man. Uh, the lag, even man, the, lag. Even the dog experiencing lag and, and tech issues made my hat go on backwards. Yeah, so, but that's it. That's all we have for today. You know, we hope you guys have a great day, great week. Whenever you're watching this, we really, really appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next one. Input, output, out. Love peace and everybody. Uh, God, pray for my dog, everybody. Pray for him. He's having a tough time.